Hey y'all, Pastor Emil here with another episode of Sweet Jesus. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is far sweeter. I am back. Brother Greg is back. We are back. Uh, I did not die, although it felt like I was dying at points. And it was not COVID. It was a sinus infection. Apparently, Louisiana will do that to you. And uh, I learned the hard way. But uh, I'm going to stick with my, my Flonase and and uh, all kinds of other preventative measures now. Uh, from now on uh, uh, until forever. So uh, <laughs> hopefully learned my lesson, figured out how to navigate this, and I uh, won't be down for so long with that. But we are back. And we're continuing our uh, journey through Celebration of Discipline, The Path to Spiritual Growth, with, uh, written by Richard J. Foster. We have been through seven chapters so far, and uh, we are now on to Chapter 8, The Discipline of Submission. Um, and uh, I, I forget exactly how he says it. He says it somewhere that, you know, basically this is like the toughest probably in our modern age. Mm-hmm. Uh, submission, submitting is just a, a bad word. And uh, mm-hmm. yet the, the first subheading in this chapter is the freedom in submission. And so there is something that we're actually missing, missing out on by refusing to submit to anything or anyone anywhere. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, he, he got my attention with the opening. He, they have these quotes at the top of each chapter, and this one includes one from Martin Luther. And I think he sums it up pretty well. Uh, a Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all so kind of like capturing the the two extremes that actually make up the reality of what it means to follow christ um what's your experience with this your thoughts your initial kind of uh you know intro about what this is like uh, why it matters uh, um i've definitely experienced the wrong types of uh submitting. Uh, there was a ministry I was a part of many long time ago, and it was what I would call the shepherding movement. Uh, Derek Prince, different people might be familiar with these people in terms way back, 70s, 80s. And it started off good. It was about discipleship and you should seek counsel and, you know, Proverbs, there's safety in the multitude of counselors, that kind of thing. But it, it kind of went too far to where people began to be led by counsel instead of being led by the Holy Spirit. And uh, we can counsel people, but we, we're not supposed to lord, lord over people, like Jesus said. And uh, eventually uh, these types of groups uh, ended up telling people, you know, who they could marry, who, who they could date, what, what jobs they could take or not take. Mm. Uh, it, it went far beyond the calls of uh, biblical submission. I think a, a more a better way to understand submission uh, actually might be strange the way I start this conversation off, but in the Protestant world we don't like the word pope too much. 
So what, yeah. what, what does that have to do with submission? Well, number one, the idea of a pope is not just in Catholicism. There actually are popes in other churches. There, there's a pope in the Coptic Orthodox Church and in other ancient yeah, they call them Eastern churches. Different things, but right. And the root of the word pope comes from basically the word father. And now, once again, Jesus said, "Don't lord over anybody, and don't call anybody father." Hmm. So, well, why are there people called popes in, in church history? Well, I, they're getting it from uh, Paul's relationship with Timothy. Yeah. Where he said you have ten thousand instructors in Christ, but only one, one father. father. Yeah. So submitting to a spiritual father, a father figure, spiritual mother, wh- whoever in life, that th- there's a great blessing that comes from that. Number one, you, you don't have to make all this, the decisions. Uh, you, you're less accountable to God. You can lean on the the wisdom of others until you're mature enough and responsible enough to be a spiritual leader or father yourself. And then uh, the scriptures, all the scriptures about submission, never talk about, never talk, tell the person in charge to make others under them submit. It's always spoken to the person who's supposed to submit. Mm-hmm. Wives, submit to your husbands. People, submit to the government. Uh, church members, submit to the leaders in the church it, but it never says leaders in the church make the people submit husband make make the make the it's always talking to the to the person in the uh submissive role submissive yeah. role and uh it's always voluntary even in in the book of hebrews it says obey those who have the rule over you it sounds pretty uh intense there yeah you study the greek the language voluntarily obey no, nobody's supposed to lord over you nobody's supposed to make you do anything uh, my wife has a neat little phrase. Uh, yeah, I, I submit to my husband. I submit with sass. <laughs> and and he's going to have to face God. And if he makes the wrong decision, uh, it's going to fall on him. You know, yeah. There's a greater accountability, condemnation, whatever, uh, to, to leaders. So um, when you really understand submission, it's not as scary. And uh, it's voluntarily. So obviously you don't submit to uh, – everything somebody says and then even leaders are called to submit it says husbands and wives submit to one another um a verse that abusers spiritual abusers like to use is don't touch god's anointing mm-hmm. you, you can't criticize leaders you got to do what leaders say but the context of that verse in the book of psalms when god says don't touch my anointed he's telling people in authority he's telling kings leaders don't touch my anointed, the people, people. who, who yeah. are submitting to you. Mm-hmm. Most people are thinking of David when he says, oh, I don't want to kill Saul. I don't even want to cut the edge of his garment because that's God's anointed one. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the general idea of submission. But at the same time, we are supposed to submit to one another in the sense of everybody belongs to God. And even leaders are not supposed to touch God's anointed. They're not supposed to lord. They're not supposed to... Uh, Go, go too far in their uh, authority. Yeah, and I think that's what makes uh, people really weary of uh, submitting this idea because we see it all over the place. We, our culture right now, the last few years, it's been a really big, uh, a really big aspect of, of what's going on in our society is essentially 
overthrowing oppressive mm -hmm. leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, and, and people have very different <laughs> ideas about what that is, but ultimately it's all the same kind of undercurrent, like the, the distrust for a variety of institutions and leaders and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the me too movement is part of that. We got a governor in New York who's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, dealing with that right now. Um, uh, this, this misuse of authority over people who are supposed to submit to your authority. And, mm -hmm. but biblically, the, the he actually talks about this quite a bit the this idea of submission is is really the 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 revolutionary aspect to it in Christianity is that he actually is saying it to everyone so he's not it, it's a mutual submission mm -hmm. of all of us to the other so like even a leader submitting to the needs of the people that they serve mm -hmm. Uh, and and essentially husbands submitting to the needs of the wife, right? So so everyone gets all bent out of shape about wives submit to your husbands, mm -hmm. right, as unto the Lord. But husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, right? And what did he do? He submitted everything that he had, that he wanted, that he desired mm -hmm. to the needs of people like you and me who needed a savior, right? So he was willing to endure everything, anything, Right. Uh, at all to to help us get free of our sin and brokenness mm -hmm. so it's a it's a concept that we're we're very there's a knee-jerk reaction to to rebel against it and yet it's one that really did a lot to transform our society and and um you know raising up women and, and even when they talk about slaves submitting you know, the very fact, he mentions this in here, the very fact that he's even speaking to slaves is, I mean, he's endowing them with dignity and value by actually even addressing them because previously all these kinds of things that would have been written in other texts and other documents, uh, uh, you know, how to run a household and how to run a, a, a organization, a country, uh, or whatever, uh, it was always to the people at the top. Right. You know, and hey. And if, uh, and if, Back then, you didn't tell slaves to submit. They'd be wiped out. It, w it was protecting you. It, it, yeah. They would have been dead in a heartbeat if they, if they tried to rebel because I mean, slavery was everywhere. It was in, it was in yeah. every country. But uh, the Bible's not pro-slavery because uh, Paul tells Philemon, that's what the book is all about, uh, Onesimus shouldn't have to be your slave. but He's your brother, so free him, free essentially. Him. Right. Yeah. But then he goes on to say in other books, well, we're, we're all slaves to Christ. We're, yeah. we're, we're all servants, unprofitable servants. So uh, there, there's value in submission when you let go of your works and ideas and what, what you think is best and kind of yield to others. It's very uh, liberating as long as it's within um, some parameters where you're not getting hurt by the submission. Yeah, he uh, – uh, <clears throat> He, he does touch on that, and, and he the way he says it is, you know, submission is basically godly and, and biblical insofar as it is not destructive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess I got to give him credit. He, he, uh, he, he addresses the reality. He, 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 he confesses that ultimately it's a tricky <coughs> thing to navigate, mm -hmm. but I guess— it still leaves me with this question 
Because <laughs> I got plenty of instances where, you know, sometimes I feel like, well, I submitted too much and I got myself into trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there are times where, well, maybe I was supposed to submit more. And in the end, it was a big giant disaster, <laughs> you know, w- whatever the situation. I think um, there's the tension between, uh, especially for injustice and things like that. Do, do you go the way of Martin Luther King or do you who, who turns the other cheek, but he gets killed in the process? Or do you go the way of Malcolm X, where you kind of take up arms and you use your strength and never uh, compromise? Um, well, they both ended up dead, number one. Yeah. Number two, Malcolm's own people killed him. <laughs> Whereas in Martin Luther King's case, it was, yeah, it, was a, it was the enemy that's a good who point. killed him. When, when you try to achieve... When you try to overcome evil with evil, uh, you know, you try to overcome oppressors through rebellion, you, the oppressed eventually become the oppressor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the new group in charge becomes Oppresses just- new people. Exactly. Which is exactly what gets me all worried about the, the you know, the justice movement, I guess, for- Cancel culture, racial stuff. all that stuff, yeah. Because I actually do believe there's a there's a lot that still needs to be done to address racial discrimination, bias, uh, disparities in in uh, living and and outcomes and opportunity. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that. But the only people carrying that flag right now are people I don't trust, <laughs> and that is what. Because ultimately, I see exactly what you just said. That essentially, mm-hmm. it's moving from being oppressed to being the oppressor, the language there. And literally like, you know, I know a few people that I've tried to interact with on this topic. They have literally said and done things that are exactly what they are uh, are railing against. Right. The hypocrisy is palpable. But see, I think MLK, his spirit was more of a submissive spirit. Absolutely. He, submit, he submitted to elections, to the government process, even to the point of, uh, of dying. But, I mean, that's what Jesus Christ did. But one person dying versus mass numbers of people dying is, yeah. is, is the difference. If, if you fight oppression by being an oppressor, a whole bunch of people are going to die mm-hmm. in the process. Now, yeah, turning the other cheek and some of these other things is is harder to do, but that's what brings people together. That, that That's how you conquer evil and Nobody doubts Martin Luther King today, yeah. But everybody debates the Malcolm X type yeah. of people. And and so. I, I wish I had uh, gotten a chance to highlight some more, because there's a place where he actually talks about this specific issue, and he basically says, you know, because I can't find exactly where it was, but I, I think essentially what he says is that you need to submit. But the limits of submission are, of course, when it becomes destructive. Mm-hmm. And then when it becomes destructive, you may find yourself with actually a a spiritual obligation, a godly obligation to resist. Right. But even within the resistance, there mm-hmm. must be submission. And, and it's in this sense what he says is, you know, hey, you should... Uh, like I, I think he even uses the example in Acts of you know, hey, stop teaching in Jesus' name, and they're like, hey, we can only do what God, we can only obey God over not 
not you people, right? Right. Uh, but they were also willing to accept the consequences for their rebellion. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's what Martin Luther King embodied too. Like he was willing to say civil disobedience and go ahead, lock us up. Mm-hmm. And every time they did and every time they peacefully accepted and submitted to the law of the land as unjust as it may have been, uh, every time they did that, it actually fed Movement their stronger. cause. Yeah, it, right. it, it, it did something <clears throat> profound within it. And and what I think we have lost, and I, I know I sense this in myself, is that we, we really are more worried about the consequences <clears throat> and we're trying to avoid the consequences of our rebellion. Right, right. We want to be able to rebel against unjust leaders and authority and laws and all that kind of stuff w- without taking it on the chin. We, we want right. a life free of all of that kind of stuff. And I just I don't think that's biblical. I don't think it's possible really to be right. if you want to be successful. Like, like some practical examples. I don't know if I've shared it on these podcasts or not. All right, we want people to come to our church. My church service, I'll give two examples. One example is is five hours long. And we dance and shout and swing from the chandeliers, and it's real intense. And, well, only a certain group of people are going to come to that. I have to submit myself to to new people who might come and feel uncomfortable in such an environment. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm a leader, who's the greatest in the kingdom? A servant. you got to serve the, the people God is drawing you to. So maybe I shorten my service. It's not as loud or exciting or whatever i make myself uncomfortable to make other people more comfortable or the opposite could be the case my service is only 30 minutes or one hour it's boring we're part of the frozen chosen (laughs) hey watch it i'm lutheran only 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 certain people are going to come to that so maybe god wants you to submit to a new person who shows up and says you know what if if worship was uh had a little more energy to it or, or we use this genre of music, or we tried this type of outreach, or this in the youth group, or whatever. Uh, y- you might submit to that idea. It might be a little uncomfortable, but you're making others mm-hmm. comfortable. But once you do that, you're you're gaining credibility and authority because new people are going to come, and they don't know everything about the word, and they don't know how to worship and do every. They have some ideas and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you submit to a couple of their new ideas, and as we submit to others, they'll they'll submit to us. Um, you know, my, my wife and I, I think have have great examples of that. She's she's more the breadwinner. I'm more the spiritual leader. Um, but you know, people at first almost judged us. They're like, "Well, you should be working, making lots of money. She should be staying home." But what happens in a lot of homes like that? Uh, it's only the woman who's going to church or trying to get the kids to go to church. Mm-hmm. The man's tired or he's passive or distant from the church. Uh, and, 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 and can he really lead his home if he's disconnected from the church? Maybe he's leading financially, but th- there's all kind of ways we have to lead. Yeah. So then I had to show people scriptures like, look at Jesus. He, he was supported by Joanna and, and, and different women. Who, who are giving financially to his ministry. Now, you're going to tell me Jesus was a freeloader? <laughs> no, he was a carpenter. He knew how to work. He knew how to do some things. But we have to submit in different ways, and, and, the, and the traditional stereotypical ideas 
of what is male and female, conservative, liberal. We need to make sure they're in the Word of God. That, that, yeah. That's what's making it hard for people to submit to. I, I think it's actually creating a lot of the problems. You know, this is maybe a little bit of a tangent, but it it's obviously connected. Um, we have certain ideas about what it means to be a man, mm-hmm. and it's not all in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I, is there right. an aspect of leadership and, and things that uh, that goes along with scriptural teaching? Yes. But how does that manifest itself? Mm-hmm. Everything you just talked about, as far as I can tell, maybe I'm missing something. You let me know. Mm-hmm. That ain't in the Bible. Right. Right. I mean, it's like a 1950s model or something that may or may not be in the, in the word. <laughs> and, and for me, that's where like, you know, I have a lot of, uh, or at least I try to have a lot of empathy for people in, you know, sort of the transgender circles mm-hmm. because, of course, there are a lot of uh, people who are born biologically male or female that that grow up and then they start looking around and they go, well, that's what it means to be a man. Well, I don't feel like that at all. I feel more mm-hmm. like this. Right. And I would say maybe it's an extreme to say, hey, let's go all the way to trying to make, you know, make me a woman or non-binary or all these different terms that we have now. Mm-hmm. But I get the fact that... <laughs> We have really screwed this up. Like we, we have made people believe that being a woman is this, 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 and this, right? And being a man is this, 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 and this. And maybe one of those six things is a biblical truth, and mm-hmm. the rest is not. And and we obsess about those things that don't matter, right? So like, who handles the checkbook, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, for my in-laws, it's you know, dad. He mm-hmm. does. And for my parents, at one point, I think it was my dad. And for us, at one point, it was me, and now it's my wife. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I feel a lot better with that. Especially <laughs> if you're bad at it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know if I was. She's definitely more organized and precise. <laughs> right, right. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, there comes a point where that's far more important than right, right. having control, right? Right. Um, but there's all kinds of stuff like that. Like You know, like my son right now. He is really interested in cooking. Mm-hmm. And what if, you know, he grows up and he is cooking all the meals at home? Mm-hmm. Well, God love him. You know, that doesn't make him less of a man. Some of the best chefs in the world are men, right? I mean, right, right. Bobby Flay, right? Gordon <laughs> Ramsay. I mean, these are these are men. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a good thing. He can still be a man and cook, even though I'm a man. And what he sees at home is that I don't touch anything in that kitchen if I can avoid it because I, I, I want to eat something tasty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that won't kill me. You know, right, right. If, if it's on the grill, great. You know, but 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 you notice even in uh, what we would call unorthodox relationships, a gay couple or whatever, there, there's still somebody submitting to somebody. There's still a dynamic, yeah. There, usually, there, you, you can't have two heads. Of anything, of, of any organization or household or relation. Because eventually times come where you're thinking one way and the other person's thinking the other way and y- you can't work against each other. I mean, you can either move here or you can move there or do this. or do, You can't do both. So but the, but even the head <laughs> idea, and you're right, you're totally right. Like we, no matter where we are, somebody has to be more submissive or else we just have conflict, endless conflict, right? Right. right? 
But I would argue that even those who are the head are submitting in some way to that other person at some point Mm -hmm. if there's not endless conflict. Right, right. Right? So, you know, my wife and I, she probably knows that there's an awful lot of things that I'm like, okay, I'm the boss and, uh, you know, and, and I don't go around talking like that. But, you know, I'm... I'm trying to be the leader and I'm trying to take this role and I'm trying to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. But she knows that in the end, my desires and my wants are not at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what I think leads to successful submission, which is why Paul spends an awful lot of time talking to the people at the top. Like, right, right. Um, I think if we can distinguish two things, it will help people to submit to. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. A gift I would distinguish from a calling. Uh, you, you could have all kind of gifts. You could be extremely intelligent. You could be very spiritual, prophetic, uh, whatever. Um, but that doesn't mean you, you have a calling or an office to, to do something. I remember this old sitcom, Benson. And uh, the governor who, 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 uh, of the mansion was like a buffoon. He was, he was kind of an idiot. And Benson was just kind of a low-level guy managing the governor's house. And, and, and they had other people in the governor's mansion that was doing all kind of various things. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, how did this guy become governor? <laughs> but every once in a while, he, he would just make a great decision and everybody respected him and his office and, and what he does. But he wasn't the most intelligent. He wasn't the most energetic, strongest, whatever, you know, had character flaws. When we're submitting, we're, it doesn't mean we're, we're less intelligent than the person we're submitting to or, or we're less gifted. We might be better gifted. Mm. We, we might have more skills. But God's not going to put us there because we'd probably get prideful about all our skills. (laughs) He's going to put somebody else there who might be weaker because God gets more glory if he uses a weak person or or somebody who's not necessarily the most gifted. And and, and that's why I think you see strange verses like um, uh, uh, in in the book of Psalms. You know, I I have more insight than my teachers. Uh, I have more wisdom than, than, than the elders. Well, why, well, how come I'm not the teacher? How, how come I'm not the elder? Well, you might get into pride because of your, your, your gifts. Whereas God can put this person in that office or calling because not necessarily, they, they may or may not be the smartest or, 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 or whatever the gift is, but they can handle that, that role. The, it's not going to get to their head, hmm. people submitting to them. Yeah. So. I, I think, uh, <clears throat> Just that one, or I guess two verses, I have more insight than my teachers. Um, being a teacher is not the same as having insight. Mm-hmm. right? So having the role doesn't necessarily mean that because I can do aspects of that role better, right. that that makes me the right person for that. You know, so... Like if I'm in a, a situation where there's multiple pastors, just because I'm a better preacher or a better teacher or a better something, mm-hmm. that doesn't make me the fit to be the the lead guy, mm-hmm. right? Or the other way around, right? So there's other aspects toward, you know, that, that go into the role that require different gifts that maybe you just not, you're not processing. 
and of course, in the end, there are people that have. And it has a lot to do with character. God exalts the humble. You, yeah. You're never going to be a leader if you can't submit. <laughs> if you can never submit to a coach, a teacher, a minister, the government, or anybody, you, you're going nowhere fast. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just a, a good principle to, uh, to to really begin to learn. Yeah, and, and I actually had kind of that thinking when I went into a situation where I had been a senior pastor and I was submitting then to a, another senior pastor as an associate in order to kind of grow into that role and become the senior and I said to myself, well, you know, I got to be able to submit to be a leader, like what you're saying. So, hey, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but only to find out that that was a guy who couldn't submit to anybody. <laughs> and he couldn't, right? And and I'm watching things kind of fall apart mm-hmm. and trying to do something uh, th- that it, it is very difficult to submit in those situations, mm-hmm. especially like uh, he talks about this at the very end of the chapter. Like, what do you do? when someone has like a worldly kind of role of authority, mm-hmm. but they don't have spiritual authority, mm-hmm. like how do you deal with that? And in my opinion, he doesn't really get, he doesn't give you anything really to chew on with that. Like he's just right. basically saying, hey, I've been there, <laughs> it sucks. Uh, uh, but you know, I don't really have an answer for you, so sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess David kind of demonstrates it. Obviously, Saul had all kind of problems, mm-hmm. and, and David was still willing to submit to him, at least in the sense of he, he didn't kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he stayed with him as long as he could, but once his life was threatened, he he, he got out of Dodge, and uh, he, he still tried to honor the office, I guess, by being friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. So, uh, but, you know, David didn't have a rebellious spirit. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes you have to walk away, and that's the best thing to do. But you're not bitter. You're not uh, doing away with the role of a father or, mm. the, or the government. Mm. Or uh, you recognize there's, there's good and bad, true and false leaders, and you, yeah. you learn from it, you move on, you pray you don't become like it. <laughs> I feel so, like... Uh, this whole conversation, this topic is so needed because like mm-hmm. our American cultural, our, our natural response to everything is to just refuse to submit, mm-hmm. like in general. Not not only just to refuse to submit, but to coerce others into submitting and conforming to my will, my mm-hmm. needs, my wants, you know. Right. Uh, and I don't know how we got there exactly and i'm sure there are a lot of people that have plenty of blame that they want to throw at all kinds of groups and, and people and organizations and ideas and mm-hmm. but but i'm not so sure it's that simple I, it's something about our culture and it manifests itself in every single corner it's it's not just like oh well it's the you know the liberals or oh it's the conservatives or oh it's you know, Christians or, oh, it's, you know. I mean, I think you see it in, in health care. People don't want to submit to health care workers. You see it in, in the police crime issue. People don't want to submit to the police. But it all has to do with because there were bad police or there were bad vaccines. or there were. But it doesn't mean everything's bad or everybody, yeah, no. everybody's bad. You can't throw the baby out with, with the bathwater. Yeah. So. Um. And ultimately, like, you know, how are we going to, how do we submit to God (laughs) in his will? And that's where it begins. 
that's why I like what James says. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. flee yeah. Lots of people are trying to resist the devil. <laughs> yeah. There's no submitting to God. And you try to resist the devil in your own strength, you, you're going to be like the devil. Yeah. <laughs> you got to submit to God first and whoever he's telling you to network with or yield to. Yeah. So. Um, it is a difficult, difficult thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. What what what, uh, what tips do you have for submitting to God? How do you how do you see that being something that I think all know, the developing all the disciplines we've been talking about. Obviously, if you have a prayer life, you're not trying to just do things. You're mm. praying about it first. You're you're submitting to God. Um, you know, fasting, you, you don't just eat whatever you want, whenever you want, you, hmm. you're, you're submitting to God, uh, worship, you know, you, you can be worshiping your problems or your ability to solve problems, but instead you're going to worship God and trust God to get you out of the problem. So I think a lot of the, uh, disciplines, uh, help us to submit my money, my time. It all belongs to God. It's not my own. What, 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 is, what does he want me to do with it? I don't own anything. I'm more, you know, the parables talk more about us not really being owners, but stewards of what belongs to, to someone else. To yeah. Someone else. So be faithful in another man's stuff, and he'll he'll make you ruler over much. So there's just a great blessing that comes if you submit to people that you can trust to some degree to submit to. How have you seen that? work out you know so the the discipline of submitting how do you see that become something worth doing right so you know what's the payoff i guess and that's a really terrible way to think about it we talked (laughs) a little bit about that with you know we were talking about like the civil rights movement and when you submit even against evil uh sometimes it actually (laughs) turns out to help your cause and and a, a movement in the right direction but like for your average person who's not trying to take down a radical system of oppression, <laughs> but it's just living a life in 21st century America where they can pretty much have their entire life catered to their needs, uh, consumer culture, c- customer service culture. Uh, you know, you get w- have it your way right away, right? That kind of idea. I think when you're older, um, when you're younger growing up, you, you have some idea that you got to submit to your parents or there's going to be trouble and you got to submit to your teacher and your coach and the doctor and police officer. And you know, these are all things in the natural. As you get older, you, you know, there's less people you have to submit to. Hmm. But really, you should seek people that you could submit to. And, and that's why I kind of started the conversation originally with a spiritual father or maybe a spiritual mother. But there's nothing in the natural making you submit to this person. But you know that this person has something you you need to learn from, mm. or, or at least to keep you honest, or, or, or to keep you from uh, always trying to do things on your own. And I think the more we kind of look for that, uh, eventually uh, those types of people will disappear and you'll become the leader that we all want to be. And then people are going to come to you for advice and counsel and, and want to submit to what you're doing. 
because they saw you do it before them. Mm. I mean, if you've been a rebel your whole life, <laughs> there's nobody coming to <laughs> su- submit to you one day. You, you haven't listened to anybody your whole life. Why, why should we listen to you? Yeah. So you kind of model uh, this this servant leadership that, that Jesus talks about, you know, washing feet, doing things that are uncomfortable, not always about your kingdom, your job, your household. You're always looking for, um, you know, esteeming others' interests is greater than your own. Why do people think that way? Why does he do it that way? She do it that way. Maybe there's something I can learn Hmm. there. And then um, eventually when when God gives you something, there there won't be anybody to submit to (laughs) Hmm. because nobody's going to want to do it. (laughs) It's going to be your responsibility. Yeah, you're stuck. And God might send people to submit to you that can help you get get the vision or work done. But uh, that's the people God uses. They're willing to submit and serve and lose their life and that's how you gain a life yeah but if your whole life is just one big fight and rebelling and uh trying to take advantage and i mean you'll have temporary success but it's it's all going to come crashing down you're not going to be able to to hold it together somebody else is going to be more manipulative than you (laughs) more aggressive (laughs) more shrewd more shrewder than you yeah (laughs) so Yeah, there's um, a bunch of, a number of things ran through my mind as you were talking there. Uh, Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, daniel son, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. And uh, we actually just watched those. Uh, it was free on IMDb. Mm-hmm. And uh, we let our older kids watch it. Mm-hmm. And there was something about that submitting, mm-hmm. you know, Daniel to Mr. Miyagi. And obviously there were some key points where, like, he didn't really want to and he wanted to kind of understand mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he would tell him in the training, don't don't ask too many questions right now. Yeah, just do it. Because part of it is if I give you all the answers, you're not going to believe it anyway. You're not going to think yeah. it's going to work. Just just go with the program. My, my kids have a phrase. Uh, sometimes they'll be asking me questions or trying to figure stuff out, and I'm, I'm being a little vague. I'm not giving too much information, and then they start hitting each other. Oh, he means go with the flow right now. Go with the flow. <laughs> Go with the flow. Well, we'll understand it in, the flow. in due yeah. season. <laughs> well, and that's kind of how it is with us in life. You know, this is a practice when we submit to other people, we're actually <laughs> learning to submit to God too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think one of the things that drives people the most nuts with God or keeps people from coming to Christ, it's this idea that, well, you know, all this stuff is happening and it doesn't make any sense to me. And if you would just clear it up for me, well, then maybe I'd come and I'd believe and I'd recognize your authority and I'd submit to you. But wouldn't that then make you God? Right. Like you're, you're this demand to know everything. And certainly there's a sense in which it would be helpful to understand some things. I don't, I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm not saying I never done that. Of course I've done that. Mm-hmm. That's why I understand it. <laughs> right. Like I just want to understand Lord what's happening. What's, wh- what's your plan here? Just tell me what it is and I'll do it. Right. Right. But then if that's the way it was, if he just told me what it was and I did it, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't need him. Right. Right. It, it would be, it's, but this dependence and this coming back to him, you know, just like the disciples with Jesus, you know, why did he speak in parables? It wasn't so that people would understand him. It was actually so that they <laughs> wouldn't understand him. <laughs> right, right. And then what happens after he tells the parable? Well, then the people that really want to know, they come to him and it, it fosters this growth, this development, this relationship. 
Um, the other thing is uh, this one section on the freedom in submission. I mentioned it earlier. I didn't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. He says, um, I said that every discipline has its corresponding freedom. Mm-hmm. What freedom comes to submission? It is the ability to lay down the terrible burden mm-hmm. of always needing to get our own way. Mm-hmm. The obsession to demand that things go the way we want them to go is one of the greatest bondages in human society uh, today. People will spend weeks, months, even years in a perpetual stew because some little thing did not go as they wished. They will fuss and fume. They will get mad about it. They will act as if their very life hangs on this issue. They may even get an ulcer over it. (laughs) (laughs) But in the discipline of submission, we are released to drop the matter. I I think that even applies to people in leadership. If, if we can, um, uh, like I jokingly say this and people understand, if I treat my wife like a queen, she'll submit to the king. <laughs> you, yes. uh, th- there's a lot of things in the Bible what I, which I call are disputable matters. Mm-hmm. It's a gray issue. It, it's not a black and white moral issue. It's not definitely right or definitely wrong. I think there's a lot of things in life, all of us, even leaders, can submit to and say, you know, it really doesn't matter if the carpet is, is red or blue or, or you want to go this way or that way. Uh, you, you want to make that decision? Do it. Like, don't micromanage people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another reason I think people don't want to submit because they feel micromanaged. They feel like they can't make even the simplest decision sometimes in, in certain organizations or homes. And, uh, you know, what did Jethro tell Moses? Man, you're making too many decisions. You wear yourself out. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, make every little bitty tiny decision. Appoint people who can deal with a lot of that stuff. And then when, when, when something heavy comes around, when it hits the fan, then you're, That's what you're there for. You're, you're, you're the man there. Yeah. And people are going to be more submissive and willing to listen and yield to your big decisions if you're not fighting over these little decisions. You know, in a marriage, a Song of Solomon says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Hmm. Uh, when you're dealing with your kids, pick your battles. Don't don't fight every little battle. Yeah. You know, help them figure out how to clean their room. You're going to clean this kitchen, but that room, all right, you're old, you're old enough now, you got to figure out how much to clean it or not clean it. But when, when you cross this line here, it, you know, it better be clean. Like, like pick your battles, don't micromanage people. And uh, I think they'll be more willing to submit to you. And, uh, and you'll know a good leader, too, because they're not trying to lord over you, micromanage you. They're only making hard decisions for you when it's needed. Mm-hmm. And you'll feel the love from that. Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies realized <clears throat> during the pandemic, the shutdown and everything, a lot of people working at home how much more productive they were. Right, right. And and I think a lot of that is just inner office interaction and communication and, uh, you know, naysaying and hemming, hemming and hawing about mm-hmm. a, a variety of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can have all kinds of chaos going on in your house, but you just go to your office, you close the door, and uh, you're able to get stuff done a lot faster, a lot more productive. Yep. I mean, God's a great example. He gives us a lot of liberty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he lets us make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> but if he, he wants to, he just has to pick up his finger like this, and, and he can change the whole universe, you know? Yeah. 
So I, I think if we kind of model that type of leadership more, um, people will respect us when we when we do make the call. We should we should be praying and seeking God about the big things and, and not worried about all these little bitty things. Somebody who's power posturing, trying to protect their turf, and um, you know, the, those tend to be the spiritual abusers. Mm-hmm. The ones who are very gracious about sharing their uh, pulpit or limelight or or whatever. Those are the ones people begin to respect and, and, and yield more to. Yeah, I, uh, I've i seen both. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And that, it is true that, you know, a leader that wants to manage every little decision, you know, and I can see that to a, an extent like, hey, I want this to be an excellent mm-hmm. quality uh production, whatever it is that you're putting together, a product or, mm-hmm. or service. And you might or, have to start off that way. Yeah. And here, here's what I mean when I say that, mm-hmm. okay? And I don't want to micromanage you, and I want, but, but here's the freedom, here are the boundaries, right? Like, you can do anything within this, but I really want this. Like, that's all I'm really looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think decision fatigue is also a real thing. I mean, there's books about it now. That the more decisions you have to make, mm-hmm. the less capable you are of making another decision, mm-hmm. because you're just you're just worn out. You're just overloaded with deciding everything from what to wear, to uh, what to eat, to you know um, you know all kinds of other things in between. And the more things that you can remove from from the ability to uh, or the requirement to decide something, right? You just make like automatic payments. Mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. automatic tithing, right? Like we have this <laughs> thing, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, now you don't have to think about it, right? Think about all the energy that goes into giving your monthly contribution. Right, right, and right. I know tithing is maybe not the right word. Right, we don't right. want to get off and right. all that. But, you know, you're, you're, you're making a decision one time, and then after that, it just kind of does its thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, the more you can do that, the more energy you have to actually make the big decisions. Right. I think we get to the big decisions and we're just so like, oh my goodness, I can't. <laughs> How do I do this? I have nothing left. I just feel overwhelmed. And well, yeah, it's because you're making too many other decisions. Mm-hmm. And I've lived that. That's why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, I, I would rather not make decisions if I don't have to. I want to decide bigger things. Right, right. Um, so, and submission is apparently the key to that. Mm-hmm. Uh he says, uh, in the discipline of submission, we're released to drop the matter, to forget it. Frankly, most things in life are not nearly as important as we think they are. Mm-hmm. Our lives will not come uh, to an end if this or that doesn't happen, right? And so we we are able to put things in perspective, too, mm-hmm. and, you know, think about things that matter. So I don't know what else you got on this. I don't know. Maybe we've covered it. There's a lot of good stuff in here, and the the slavery issue, and some of the things that Christianity gets a lot of flack for. I would encourage uh, you, anybody, to to read the book because he really does a good job of coming at that and talking about just how revolutionary it was that uh, Peter and Paul were were saying some of the things they were saying. They were not mm-hmm. trying to be oppressive. I had somebody come uh, and say to me. You know, like, yeah, the Bible's been wrong. And and I've heard that many times. You know, the Bible's been wrong, so why can't it be wrong about this? You know, what, what was wrong about slavery? It's like, eh. 
I don't know. I think I think the Bible is more about uh, protecting people and and recognizing that this was a social construct that was just there and and here's how to deal with it. And American slavery, in particular, violated almost every single biblical <laughs> imperative right, right. on how you would do this. Right, so you can't mm-hmm. kidnap them. You have to allow them to buy themselves out of slavery. You are, um, if they run away, you have to let them go. You can't go after them. I mean, all these things that are in the Bible, clear as day, and they were all violated by people who said that it was okay, right? So, so the Bible wasn't wrong about it. It was people were wrong in their application of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, so don't take this submission thing when it comes to either slavery or men and women, you know, it's not meant to, but ultimately who, who's the greatest picture of submission in the bible jesus yeah it's jesus jesus uh, and i have this conversation if i'm ever doing like premarital counseling and somebody's really upset about it okay fine i won't use the word (laughs) in the ceremony that's okay i'm not going to die on that hill Mm -hmm. but here let me tell you why that shouldn't be as bad as what and you read the whole passage wives submit to your husbands but husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for so essentially submit to your wife right. and her needs and her wants. Um, that That's ultimately the picture. And, who's, and Jesus is embodying that by submitting himself to the will of the Father, uh, submitting himself to our needs for a Savior, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we can't be a sinless sacrifice for ourselves. Right. We just can't. There's no way that was ever going to happen. And so Jesus submits everything. He enters into this world Right, I mean, he could have hung out in the safety and security and the bliss of having seated at God's right hand and all this wonderful stuff. He could have just hung out there, but he entered into this mess. He made him. He submitted himself to the ability to suffer mm-hmm. uh, and, and all kinds of other things. And then he went through that suffering. He endured the cross. He he died. He he who knew no sin became sin for us. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Abandoned, essentially on the cross, experiencing hell on our behalf so that we don't have to. And uh, if that is your guy, <laughs> then there ain't a Christian leader that's worth their salt that mm-hmm. shouldn't exemplify submission in some way, mutual submission at the very least, even in a position of authority. And uh, certainly it shouldn't look anything like some of the more extreme destructive versions of submission. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, he he uh, he talks about revolutionary subordination as taught by Jesus. Revolutionary subordination is taught in the epistles. He goes into a lot of detail on this, but then he does also talk about the limits and you know any time it becomes destructive. Uh, but uh, you know, again, we got into that whole thing about resisting. We should also accept and submit to the consequence of that, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe we did it. Did we do it that fast? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that fast. <laughs> How long has it been? Feels like it's been a breeze. So yeah, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, good stuff. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Well, next time, the discipline of service. Mm-hmm. That should be interesting. Yep. I think it goes hand in hand. All of these kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. The, they all are are interconnected and related. I find myself trying to do. Uh, solitude and uh, you know or or 
well, yeah, solitude, and I find myself in meditation and and prayer and in study, and then they all kind of like uh, simplicity and. Uh, I, I think the su- submission relates to serving, and I think it's easy for people with gifts like showing mercy, compassion. Th- those types of people don't have trouble submitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can be taken advantage of, obviously, because yeah. they want to help and then get the life sucked out of them and so forth. But a person in a submitted position as wonderful as they are, everybody usually loves them. They're the person everybody loves and goes to and talks to and feels comfortable with. Uh, There's a reason why they're not a leader. Mm. A leader uh, is more prophetic. Uh, A a person who can submit, serve, show mercy is going to tell people what they're doing correctly, what's going on good in their life. They're going to say the glass is half full. They're going to encourage mm-hmm. you. You can do it, blah, 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 blah. But a leader, a, a prophetic type of person, the glass is half empty. The train <laughs> is going off the cliff. And if we don't do something, well, then I must be a leader because I'm pretty good <laughs> in finding everything wrong. The, the prophetic type person is going to show uh, you what you're doing wrong. Yeah. And you got to submit and listen. Yeah. That not everything I'm doing in my life is the best thing. And if I want to improve, I can't keep doing the same thing I'm always doing. Yeah, I need encouragement, and I probably need a lot more encouragement than I need correction. But eventually I need that correction, or I'm going to keep doing the same thing wrong. Yeah. That's where submission can, can help you. Yeah, that's a very good point because those <laughs> there are different kinds of people, and they yeah. are more <clears> – <throat> Uh, susceptible to, you know, spiritual abuse and, uh, you know, they are a little more sensitive sometimes, but, uh, They're not going to confront you. A leader is somebody who confronts and you got to submit to that good type of confrontation because you're, you're probably not totally on the right track. Uh, the, 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 the mercy, compassionate person, they're not, they're never going to confront you. <laughs> <laughs> They're always going to tell you you're doing great. Keep it up. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so you've been doing some confronting, haven't you? So you have to. <laughs> like yeah, uh, have to. Yeah. Hey guys, we gotta we gotta try something new. Yes. Yeah. I think and you may have some phone calls to get to. <laughs> Your phone buzzing over there? That's right. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll come back next week with uh, discipline of service. Mm-hmm. And my voice will be from 90 to 100% by then. I can feel it already. <laughs> and the next Thursday, I'm going to have, uh, this is all the stuff I was telling you about, going to get myself in trouble. Uh, a Lutheran hanging out with a bunch of Catholics. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> talking about the theology of Pope John Paul II, oh. theology of the body. We were actually dipping into that a little bit. We were talking about sexuality and uh-huh. transgender stuff. There's some really, really powerful stuff in in that. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's uh, not all the way I would say it or a Lutheran would say it, but yeah. but uh, that's just for anybody that wants to tune in. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes open for that. But until then, submit as Christ submits. Uh, submit insofar as it is not destructive, and then uh, submit until it's resolved. So God bless you. Good to be with you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Ice cream is sweet, but Jesus is sweeter. Bye-bye. Amen.